Welcome back to You're Not Crazy, You're Dating a Widower. And this is Lori Smith. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I too have experience dating a widower. Do you remember when you met your widower for the first time? Perhaps you met him online and you knew he was a widower. Or maybe you were set up by a mutual friend and he was a widower and you knew it way before they even suggested you guys go on a date. Or maybe you and your widower just happened to cross paths and over the course of a few dates he revealed that he was a widower. Well, no matter how you met, I ask you to think about what thoughts ran through your mind when you found out your dashing date was a widower. I'm going to guess that one of the many first thoughts that might have been flowing through your mind was, oh my gosh, this poor guy, what a sad story. And if he has small children, that sad story just multiplied by five times. And if he's sweet, that sad story just multiplied by another five times. And now your heart is gushing with this overwhelming feeling of compassion And you just want to pull him close and hug him so hard and take away all his pain and troubles. So now that you are totally smitten, the dating period begins and so does the uncharted territory for you. And without even realizing it, you are putting your widower's needs and values before your own. How many of you feel like you need and value feeling like number one in your widower's eyes? I can totally tell you that's me. I definitely want to be number one. There is no doubt about it. Unfortunately, many women dating widowers often feel number two because their needs and values are being put by the wayside. Maybe you're not invited to certain events because it could potentially offend friends or family of, of the widower's late wife. Or how about Mother's Day, which, by the way, is right around the corner. Um, I know that day is really hard, but let's, let's say your mom and maybe even taking care of your widower's children. Um, and that entire day, Mother's Day, isn't about you. It's about your widower's late, late wife, um, and, and, and that, that usually hurts, okay? Um, and I, I've been there, seen it. Or another example would be, how about that vase, your uh, late, late wife's ashes, or your widower's late wife ashes are in, um, and they're displayed on a mantle, which by the way, your widower places a fresh bouquet of flowers next to every week. (laughs) Where are your flowers? Um, Or he takes you on this surprise vacation, which is super cool, right? Yeah, yeah. So time for uh, romantic alone time. But boom, when you're there, he discloses that this was he and his late wife's favorite vacation spot. Or um, you're living with a married widower with children and the children have more to say about how the home is run um, more so than you do because they lost their mom and um, your your widower doesn't want them to get upset or wants to try to remember the mother for the children. 
I could go on and on and on. Now, some of these situations I have shared may be perfectly fine for some women, while others, not so much. Um, Often, women dating widowers will overlook their values and needs due to the uncharted territory of dating a widower and not knowing what is acceptable to others or even to themselves. Our natural instincts to be caretakers and our underlying compassion totally takes over without us even being conscious of it. And we end up feeling lost and sad and lonely. And sometimes we may even start feeling hopeless and unloved. So after a period of time of us overlooking our needs and values, we often forget what they even are. Or if we didn't forget them, we have no idea how to prioritize them as important so we can figure out how to approach our widowers. In today's episode, my goal is to help you find your values and to help you navigate how to pull your values back into your life and your widower's life, um, enabling you to strike a healthy balance so you no longer feel lost, lonely, or hopeless in your relationship. What I believe I need to address first is the fact that women are able to put others' needs before their own, and that's actually a relational strength. Uh, And this relational strength is one that we as women may do too much of or not enough of, Um, But more than not, we typically put others' needs before our own. Um, And some women may put aside their needs to support and promote their widowed partners and end up feeling, as I said earlier, um, super unfulfilled, frustrated, and even resentful. On the other hand, there are some women that may pursue their own needs so doggedly that they put blinders on as to how their pursuits are affecting others and what they're giving up in relationship with others for these pursuits. So how do you know if you're striking the right balance between putting your needs versus your widower's needs first? And I have to say, there's no universal standard Um, Different women have different values and standards for the balance between focusing on their own needs and focusing on the interests of their widowers. Um, To determine what standards are and whether you're meeting them, try this exercise. Ask yourself, and by the way, I'd like for you to grab a piece of paper um, because I'm going to ask you to jot jot a couple of things down. But right now, ask yourself, if I was in a relationship with someone that was not a widower, what would my needs be? How much do I value those needs that I'm giving up for this relationship? And how much do I value this relationship instead of pursuing one that my interests may be met in. If these evaluations are equal or you value what you're doing even more than what you're giving up, your values appear to be balancing 
and you're probably properly putting others' needs first. However, if it pains you greatly to think about when you're giving what you're giving up relative to what you're gaining in return, then you may be putting others' needs before your own to an unhealthy degree. If you've identified values that you're neglecting because you're putting your widower's needs first and you feel that these needs are too important to be neglected any longer, it's time to work on this relational strength. Um, You can begin um, by doing this by writing down the personal relationship needs you value and you're not pursuing because you're putting your widower's first Um, And then after you do that, I want you to generate some ideas as to how you can begin pursuing these values. Next, I want you to list any concrete obstacles to pursuing these values, such as if you're married or living to a widower in the house he shared with his late wife and wanting to to redecorate, but you don't have enough money to do so. The fact that you don't have enough money to do so, that's what I would consider a concrete obstacle. And while you're doing this, I want you to set aside any worries about what others will say about your decision to put your own needs and desires first. I don't want you to be thinking about what others um, will think at all at this time because it's important that we are only focusing on your needs. So after you do that, um, then I want you to brainstorm manageable, manageable small steps you can take to address these obstacles. Um, For example, share with your widower uh, that it would make you feel a lot more at home or really happy if he agreed to repaint the family room with you. Maybe the two of you could even go to the store and pick out a color that you loved um, together to paint the room. And with painting, naturally in this process, the pictures um, in the room all come down. And the two of you can decide after you've painted which pictures, if any, go back up. So we just uh, broke things down into several small steps with with one idea of painting one room versus trying to redecorate the entire house. Also, it's a lot more cost-effective just to paint a room um, versus attacking redecoration all at one time. However, I just want you to realize or actually recognize that or expect when, when you start putting these ideas into action, the widower whose needs and values you've been prioritizing, they're likely to object to you changing your focus from them and their needs and values to focusing on your needs and values. So no matter how many small steps you take or no matter how small or how little, um, your widower is likely to resist. Plus, this is a big change for him, okay? So, for example, your widower might say when you you suggest um, even 
even painting one room, he might say he's not comfortable painting at all and making any changes to the home because his children might get upset. If he has children, might get upset um, and accuse him of making changes to the home in effort to, like, thinking that he might be trying to erase their mother's memories or the memories of um, their family home. Um, and then, you know, he might say this and then start thinking about it, um, overnight or over a week or so, and he, he may just come around. Um, every widower is different and their reactions are going to be different, but, um, there's often some kind of negotiations going on here, right? So with, um, these kind of objections more so than concrete obstacles, um, these are the the objections that often will keep us from striking the proper balance between our own needs and the needs of our widower. So now I want you to think about all the objections that your widower might raise and then add them to the list you've been writing down. It's important at this point to consider whether making changes that put some of your needs forward might also benefit your widower. And this is part of the negotiation process. Um, If you're growing resentful of your widower because you feel stifled by your needs and values not being met, um, this will likely seep into your relationship with him and you may become become rather snippy or argumentative and passive-aggressive to your widower of whom you love and in response to the stress and frustration of only taking care of his needs. So by being able to integrate your values and needs into your relationship, you may be um, allowing yourself to feel so gratified and he, he may be allowing you to feel so gratified um, that you actually can gather a renewed energy and joy and love to give to your widower. And this isn't a a bad thing to bring up when you're trying to um, negotiate these these values that you would like to be um, put into place. Um, Finally, I want you to consider at least three ways in which pursuing your needs could benefit your widower of whom needs you are currently or thinking about pulling back on So once you have completed doing this exercise and reflecting on all your values and needs, I believe that you'll be on the right track to having a balanced relational strength with your widower. And now that you're more aware of your values and prioritizing them, please remember um, you must implement them into your relationship in small, manageable steps. So you wouldn't start an exercise program and begin it doing 100 sit-ups when you can barely do 10, right? And besides, 
you would probably be in excruciating pain the next day. Uh, you would also find it hard to maintain and you would eventually give up and be back to not taking action to physically strengthen yourself. And the same thing goes to your emotional, mental needs um, and your mental health rather. So my point, be patient and honest, not only with yourself, but also your widower because change doesn't happen overnight, but when it does, you will both reap the benefits. So Best of luck to you and thank you for joining me for today's episode. Your values are important too. Um, Hope to have you back with me on the next episode of You're Not Crazy, You're Dating a Widower.